What is going on, Tecmo team? Andy here with the Tecmo Bros coming at you. And we are here with part two of our 2021 season finale and wrap up. And it's only right, it's only fitting that we close out the season with OG Tecmo Bro. Sam, Sam, how the heck are you, my friend? I'm doing great, Andy. It's good to be back here. If you guys didn't check out part one, go give that one a listen really quick. Hear what Ben had to say. But hurry back because I got some spicy stuff to talk about. Heck yeah. And you're going to hear a little bit of overlap from me because I was right about only a few players and wrong about oh so many. So some of my right players are going to be uh, rehashes, but that's okay. We got Sam here to fill the gaps. Uh, th- one thing we didn't cover on last week's show, uh, coaches that were fired, we mentioned it very, very briefly. Uh, Urban Meyer, Vic Fangio, Mike Zimmer, Matt Nagy, Brian Flores, Joe Judge, and David Culley of the Texans all lost their jobs on that terrible Black Monday. Uh, David Culley a little bit later, but they're all looking for new coaches and there's going to be a fun QB carousel. We're going to revisit that at the very end of the show. Uh, just get some Sam input on who he thinks might be where with some quarterback situations. But most importantly, uh, we need to tell you guys what we hit on and what we missed on because that's ultimately how you grade us as fantasy football podcasters is what we got right and what we got wrong. So we're going to jump straight into just some victory laps that we need to take about what we did and what we didn't get right here. But Sam, why don't you start us off with a player you were completely right about uh, being good or bad. I, I, I feel pretty vindicated here in saying that I was, I was spot on with my uh, call that Jalen hurts was going to be a quality fantasy quarterback this year. Uh, finished QB eight. If your uh, statistics you gave me here are correct. Um, I'd say that's pretty good. Top 10, especially after uh, missing a game or two with uh, some injuries. The, the guy kind of has carried that team to the playoffs uh, on his back and with his feet. Um, so I, I, I'm going to, I've said it before. I I've been in the, the, uh, on the Jalen hurts train for a while. Um, but I really, really feel like that was a, a call hotly contested especially if you're Ben, <laughs> but uh, that's a guy that I feel I can take a, a nice victory lap on, uh, especially considering um, the guy he replaced is a, a guy that you have something to talk about a little later. We do. We do. And, and <laughs> just for all the Tecmo team members out there, if this is the first episode you're catching of our 2020, 2021 wrap up, excuse me, make sure you go back and listen to part one to hear Ben issue a public apology to Jalen Hurts. That is a clip worth hearing somewhere in the middle of the show. It felt good in my soul. Right. Uh, you've heard mine already. I was completely vindicated on my Joe Burrow pick. A lot of people were off him after a really, really bad leg injury in the 2020 season after kind of a an okay but promising start. A lot of people didn't know what to think about Joe Burrow, if he's going to be able to hold up. You know, Obviously, the offensive line concerns. He still was the most sacked quarterback this year in the NFL. However, finishing at QB five, having just a plethora of great weapons. You know, if it's not Jamar Chase, it's T Higgins, it's CJ Uzama, it's Joe Mixon. Like this is going to be the Bengals offense is at the very least for real. If they can put a few pieces together, maybe get that O-line taken care of, get some defense a bit more steady. The Bengals are going to be a scary team and Joe Burrow is going to be there to pilot them all the way there. So that's my QB that I got right. Sam, how about your running backs? I see you got two listed here. So I, I've i talked before to the Tecmo team about how I felt I was very right 
on the Elijah Mitchell call. Not a lot of people probably didn't know who he was going into this year, and rightfully so. There was so much talk about their two big draft picks and the trades, Trey Lance, Trey Sermon. Um, and everyone thought Sermon was going to be the guy. I thought Sermon was going to be the guy. I've said it before. I thought maybe a running back tandem, but everybody knows that Raheem Mostert was just a timer away from getting hurt. It wasn't about an if, it was about when. And I, I really felt like Mitchell was going to be the guy to, to take his place because they were very similar in how they like to run the ball. Uh, and I got to tell you, I feel like I was right. Uh, at the end of the day, um, he took over that job and they never looked back. Now, on the flip side of that coin, though, uh, there was a guy who I was avoiding going into this year really heavily that I feel like may have let a lot of his owners down. And that was Antonio Gibson. Um, didn't do terrible, especially uh, if you count towards the end of the season. He really lit it up for the football team. But for a lot of teams by then, he was either already traded, benched, or you were out of opportunities to make it to the playoffs in a lot of cases. Uh, if you take the first half of the season leading into his bye week, um, he only had a couple of uh, decent games in there, especially for where you drafted him. Um, I feel like while he is still a quality running back and hopefully can go into next year with a little bit more momentum that the uh, Taylor Heineke curse doesn't uh, keep him from performing the way he should. Yeah. And, and you got to really think that Washington's definitely in the market for a better quarterback. And if they can open up the passing game a little bit, that obviously helps to open the running game. Cause he's not stacking the box, you know, a la Todd Gurley in like 2017, where he's the only guy you have to stop. So you may as well just put him all in the box there. I feel like Taylor Heineke was your version of, of Jalen hurts for Ben where like, He's performing at a level good enough for for the NFL uh, in some ways, but in others, he just doesn't pass the eye test, doesn't look good. He's impacting the viability of other players, other studs on that team. Uh, like Gibson had a kind of up and down year. Uh, Terry McLaurin had a very down year for what we were expecting. Um, the football team was poised to win that division, and, and they – burnt out really hard. I, I, I'm, I'm kind of with you on that one. I think that uh, Heineke isn't really the answer in uh, Washington. No, and, he, and he's not to say like he's old. I think he's like 29 maybe, but um, he, he's just we, – we've seen his ceiling, and if this is his ceiling, you know, he's, there's just no getting better. And, you know, he's had a couple games where it definitely was worse. So uh, Heineke's not it. I mean, Gibson struggled just because – of the quarterback struggles. So it's just, you kind of have it there. And, and similarly, a different type of quarterback struggle. Uh, my guy that I was right on that I just avoided everywhere. And just, he was just radioactive for me. Miles Sanders uh, from Philly Oof. is running back 40 uh, this year. And the reason why I avoided him, I want to be clear. It's not because I think he's not talented or because he's not a really good player. Uh, it's just his situation. So he's on a team. They drafted Kenny Gainwell. Obviously, Jordan Howard was a thing for a good chunk of the year. But realistically, you know, much like Lamar Jackson vulturing touchdowns in Baltimore, like Miles Sanders scored zero touchdowns this year. And that's because Jalen Hurts had 10 rushing touchdowns. So Miles Sanders scored zero, which means, yeah, you're, you're basing it entirely on yardage and passes caught. And you, eventually your player has to hit pay dirt and, and get in the end zone to make him a viable fantasy contender. 
Miles Sanders was not it. Battled a couple injuries here and there, but I couldn't bring myself to draft him knowing that, A, they had a three-headed situation at running back, and then, B, you know, Jalen Hurts is going to take those two-yard scores with, you know, a QB sneak around the end or something. Uh, Miles Sanders, RB40, didn't do people favors. Wide receiver, Sam? There's a lot of players out there who – who Twitter and then the football fans out there will be like, well, he's got to break out eventually. Right. Like he's got to be the guy eventually. Like I feel like a lot of Kirk Cousins stands point at his stats and go, look, he's good. He's good. And here they are in January, not playing football. It's like so, how I met your mother sort of where it's like, you're putting yourself on their hook. Just like eventually, eventually they'll be good. And then they're just not ever. He, and you're, he keeps you're, looking at you going, I know you drafted me in fantasy, but uh uh, I just I can't be your your workhorse running back. Yep. Right now. Oh, right now. oh but 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 next year, right? But twenty twenty two, right? Year. Exactly. You'll be my keeper. Don't worry. Um, for wide receivers, uh, I was gonna put on here that um, in our auction league that we participate in every year, uh, I was really targeting DeAndre Hopkins, and his price went too high. And I was like, you know, I don't think with all the weapons and everything, Murray He's good, but is he going to be that good? You never want to be the guy to say DeAndre Hopkins isn't going to be a stud. And I'm not, I'm going to go ahead and say, I'm not going to take a victory lap. He got hurt. That's not, that's not being right. Right. Guy, like anybody out there who takes a victory lap off an injury, um, you know, that, that, that's Bush league. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> but the guy I will talk about who I felt like had a much better year than anyone expected because no one expected him to have a year was Michael Pittman. Um, I was riding the, the Pittman train early on. There's a lot of episodes in the past. You guys heard me talk about Pittman and he kind of fell off after a little while. Again, there's a guy we're going to talk about in just a little bit here. Uh, <laughs> but uh, Pittman, I think, had a, a pretty, pretty awesome season. Even after T.Y. Hilton came back, Pittman was still looking like the number one on that team. And uh, he's young. He's going to only go up from here. His rookie season was pretty awful. His sophomore season was pretty great. And uh, if, if that's the kind of season we can expect him to put together from a fantasy perspective, uh, when they have a kind of a, a no need to pass the ball type of season, like expect Pittman to put up even better and bigger numbers as he, he uh, matures in the league. Yeah. I mean, I liked Michael Pittman a lot. I was trying to find out actually, we, so we did our dynasty startup that uh, Ben is also a part of. Um, and I think Michael Pittman went in like round eight or nine. Um, it was, it was pretty late from what I remember, um, which is just crazy. Cause he's what 22. He's super young. He's a big dude. He reminds he's, me a lot of Mike Evans in terms just of like turned a player. 24, profile. Yeah. So he's, he's a young 24. Yeah. And he profiles a lot like a Mike Evans situation. Like he's just a big, tall guy, fast. He's got great hands. Uh, it's just the person delivering, which, again, I will be apologizing for <laughs> later here in the show. Um, but my guy that I was right about at wide receiver was Darnell Mooney. Uh, I was banging the drum everywhere, trying to get him everywhere. And I'm pretty sure this year I did actually have him on every one of my squads. So uh, wide receiver 26, which doesn't sound amazing, but when you draft him to be a wide receiver three, and he falls into like a wide receiver two-ish. Uh, I'd say that's a pretty good victory, especially when you could get him for free. He could probably got him I off mean, the waivers at the end or last round of a... I'm sorry? That's not bad. That, wide receiver 23. That's not bad for a bear. Yeah, not bad for a bear at all. I mean, <laughs> you know, Brandon Marshall would be proud. So Darnell Mooney, I think he's got, you know, him and Justin Field seem to have a little bit of a, you know, 
mind melt going on and and Justin Fields I think with a new coach and a new system is is going to be a great thing and he gets to play the Vikings and the the Lions twice a year so uh, I don't know I you can say what you want about how the NFC North likes to have its you know easy games in some cases uh for for certain players but Mooney Mooney showed his stuff this year he he played with a lot of heart a lot of grit I I didn't know what to think early on but the more I watched the Bears play which, which wasn't a lot, admittedly, but the more I watched the Bears play, the more I was starting to like this Mooney guy. I think you're onto something with that. I mean, he's, he's going to be good. And, and speaking of young guys who way impressed, how about you talk about your tight end situation? I was kind of trying to decide if I should hold off on this until the uh, section we're going to do in a little bit where we talk about guys who we expect to be good going into next year. Um, but I, I couldn't help but like pat myself on the back for uh, feeling confident in Pat Firemuth. Muth. Muth. The guy showed so much growth in one year's time. And this was still with probably worst season ever Ben Roethlisberger. The guy just from a statistics standpoint, not super phenomenal. Like you're not looking at him going, well, he, what did he do in fantasy? He wasn't all that spectacular. You got to remember this is his rookie season and he was backing up Eric Ebron, a guy who has in the past been a viable fantasy tight end. He took over that starting job and never looked back. And, and if not for a couple of concussions towards the end of the year, could have had one of those kind of uh, building up the steam to end out the season type finishes like Antonio Gibson had. Um, <clears throat> but as much as I love the Muth, uh, the guy that I really want to kind of touch on for a second here is Zach Ertz. Uh, I thought that it was a great idea. The Eagles traded him. Uh, the Cardinals needed him, and it was a it was a good overall mutually beneficial trade. Zach Ertz needed to get out of Philly. He got what he what he wanted, and it it, it did him well. But from a fantasy perspective, I would just like to point out. Uh, I avoided him and I was absolutely right to, cause he kind of stunk. Um, yeah. The end of the year saw him starting to get a, a bit more looks, but too little too late. Cause you're not starting, you're not picking up and starting Zach Ertz in, in the, the semifinals of, of fantasy playoffs. At that point, if you don't have a better tight end, I don't know what you've been doing. Uh, if you go up until week 12 and they're by and you take out his one good game against Seattle where like, what was everyone else on the Cardinals hurt that week? I think uh, he, he really wasn't performing the way you would have wanted him to a lot of duds in there, a lot of one point, uh, five point, very low scoring weeks, a uh, couple of flashes in the pan that show that maybe you got something here, but that's, that's a, a boomer bust type player whose boom, his ceiling was in like 12 to 15 points that if you're going to have a boomer bust player, you want a guy who's going to be able to get you 20, 25, 30 potentially. And yeah, it's a tight end. So say what you want about that. But I got to tell you, if you were expecting Zach Ertz to, to do amazing things, uh, like I was not, I feel like I was right. If you feel otherwise, if you feel like he had an amazing year, Hey, let me know how dumb I am on Twitter at me. It's okay. Right. And I thought Ertz was fine and definitely he fell off, but I feel like, you know, it might be, a bit, you know, we have him at tight end at eight for the year. I feel like a lot of it's a little bit that one game where he scored like 30 points because uh, tight end is such a shallow position. But um, I think he was fine. I'm not sure he'll be back next year, but he was fine. 
It was Dawson, a good, if, if if this was the last season for Zach Ertz, uh, he put together a pretty good uh, final season. Um, I could see them maybe bringing him back because their their uh, free agency situation in Arizona is ridiculous. But uh, I still wouldn't want to pick him up because as good as Kyler Murray is, as good as that team is, I just I don't see consistency there in, in any capacity. And I don't like starting a guy who's going to give me one point potentially in a week just not cool. right I mean consistency is so hard to find and yeah I agree Ertz was up and down um yeah I, just, I don't know I'm excited for this particular offseason because there's so much that's going to happen and a lot of people changing homes so it'll it'll be fun uh I got two tight ends here that I was right about uh one you heard me on last week was Dawson Knox I was drafting him everywhere super late because he was essentially free um, especially in tight end required leagues. But dude finished at tight end seven. I'm aware he's probably not going to catch eight touchdowns like he did this year. But um, a lot of pass catchers possibly leaving Buffalo. That's going to leave him and Stefan Diggs as like the two guys out there. So he could still be something, probably still on the tight end one radar. But a uh, big fan of him. He seems like he and Josh Allen have a good thing going. Um, I'm a big fan, and I'm glad that I was right about it. Uh, other one that I was right about, I ignored completely. Uh, Austin Hooper. Ooh. Now you can you can uh, you can say that I was just ignoring him because his situation is bad and you know Baker's not a great passer and a lot of other reasons. But part of it is just my grudge for him leaving Atlanta um, <laughs> at the height of his you know popularity. Like Matt Ryan made him one of the highest paid tight ends in football, and you just leave to go play on the shitty Browns. Like you know this, you deserve this, Austin Hooper. You're tight end twenty four. You're bad at football. Um, so yeah, that's that's my people that I was right about. Let's let's be real though. How much of his success was the the scheme and what they do down in Atlanta, and for that matter, Matt Ryan, and and how consistent of a passer he can be to in the inconsistencies of Baker Mayfield, the the types of of schemes that they run in Cleveland. I mean, Atlanta didn't have a running back last year. They didn't have a running back this year, and he goes to a team that has two. Like, what are you, what are you going to do as a tight well, end? And his best year ever uh, with Atlanta was with Julio and with Calvin Ridley. So like everyone's worried about them. So you're kind of just like running around like wide open all the time. Cause like they're worrying about the actual threats on the field and not Austin. Hooper. Right. So those are our victories. We feel very good about them and you should too, if you listen to us, but uh, just a couple seconds here, we're going to talk about our mistakes. Ready, down, put, put, put. This is where we apologize, and this is where we feel bad a little bit about what we asked you to do and what we advised you to do. So uh, do you want to start, Sam, or should I apologize right away? Yeah. How, how long is this section exactly? Uh, longer than it should be, most likely. Oh, no, it's going to need to be longer than that. Oh, man. <laughs> there, there's a lot of guys who I advise people to stay away from, uh, a lot of guys who I personally advise myself to stay away from. Uh, oof. Yeah, so... I'll just start it off. We, we briefly mentioned him beforehand. Um, Carson Wentz, I thought with a better O-line, I thought with some better weapons than like Jalen Rager and, you know, JJ Aguirre, Whiteside or whatever. Um, I thought Carson Wentz would come back and be the Carson Wentz he was in Philadelphia, you know, coached by Frank Reich, got a good system around him. He, he finished at quarterback 15, so it's not like he did the worst. Um but it really, I was expecting some much, much closer to top 10 production out of him in a better system with a better team and a better coach. So 
for all the people I told that Carson Wentz was a perfectly fine streaming option or was a perfectly fine late round QB to grab, uh, I do apologize. Honorable mention, you probably heard me apologize already, but I did bang the drum very loudly and very frequently for Sam Darnold in the offseason. I was wondering when you were going to mention Darnold. <laughs> he was QB 28, and yes, he missed a bunch of games, but even if he played those games, like I mentioned on last week's show, I'm still not sure he'd get in the top 20. Uh, he kind of played himself out of a job, yeah, which is so... crazy to say because he was looking so polished, like everything was there. What and then did... CMC got hurt. And then it yeah, all went well, away. Yeah, that's so, the Fire Nation attacked. I will Carson yeah, Wentz. Carson officially, Wentz. I'll officially uh. apologize for Carson Wentz. Uh, you heard me apologize for Donald, but I will, I will apologize for Carson Wentz today. Sam, how many, uh, you how got, many how many weeks ago was it that I said uh, the problem with JT is Carson Wentz? Uh, you were saying that uh, a couple of weeks ago, like three, four weeks ago, I think. Like. To, to think that JT could have had a better season with a better quarterback. It, I mean, maybe, maybe not. Maybe with a better quarterback, they can complete passes and they don't have to run the ball on every down. But my word, Carson Wentz. Uh, I've been reading on Twitter. I've been following a lot of uh, news about him and what the coaches are saying and what, because everyone is looking at him as the weak link. And I think it's pretty obvious at this point how do you choke that bad against Jacksonville? A win and you're in situation. So (sighs) maybe we'll talk about that and and we'll touch on the QB carousel later, but they're not on the list, but maybe we'll just touch on them a little bit and see if it, if, if moving on from Carson Wentz is is viable, but why don't you jump on to your quarterbacks that uh, you were mistaken on? I kind of wanted to, do I have to, Okay, so I was a big proponent for Trevor Lawrence. Um, it's Jacksonville. It was Urban Meyer. Um, there was a lot of opportunity for failure there. I just, I really felt like uh, there was enough talent for him to at least rise above some of the adversity. And uh, I'll let you know if that happens. <laughs> No, he he did terrible. Uh, the team did terrible. Um, they earned their number one draft pick again this year, and uh, I, I think he can bounce back. Um, I look at a lot of it wasn't there was a lot of mistakes from Jacksonville. There's a lot of mistakes from Trevor Lawrence, but I think a lot of it just came down to schemes and play calls, and they they set him up for failure. And I, I think if if they actually push towards building an offense, uh, building to his strengths and giving him check downs, check downs, uh, then he can have a better season, but good, just good. Not, not a good season for Trevor Lawrence at all. No, not at all. Um, honorable mention or dishonorable mention, I guess. Um, I was not seeing the hype in Matt Stafford. I felt like, you know, quarterback to a new system year one tends to have a kind of a middling year and, I like the guy as a player. I always thought he was a, a tough nosed dude on, in, you know, toughing it out in Detroit and man, you can, you can take the, the dog out of the fight. You can't take the fight out of the dog. And Matt Stafford has a lot of fight left in him taking that team to the playoffs, winning that division. Whew. I'm really glad that I wasn't louder about that opinion. Cause yeah. <laughs> oh, no, I remember, uh, I didn't apologize for this, but I remember tweeting at one point, uh, do we really think Matt Stafford is better than Jared Goff? Question mark. Mm. 
just in especially in, just in the ram system and was that the were, one week that golf outscored him in fantasy yeah i think <laughs> it might have been because <laughs> uh, like you look at the the situation around matt stafford much better than what jared goff has currently uh but you know goff piloted the the rams to a 10 win season and you know so did matt stafford so there was 11 win season hey Either what way. are people going to start talking about is it the system there or is it the quarterback all the the, you know, oh, is Rodgers the MVP or is it Lafleur's offense? I think good teams are just good. <laughs> no, for sure. For sure. And uh, I don't want to apologize about these two specifically. Um, so running backs, I'll just start because I'm feeling remorseful. Uh, DeAndre Swift, speaking of the Lions, I was a big, big, big fan of his uh, coming into the season. Uh, super young guys, got a lot of juice. I know he was a little hurt. Um, and this wasn't like season ending hurt, uh, but running back 24 when he's like the fifth or seventh running back off the board uh, just really kills your draft capital of, of using him. And I think the future is bright if they can utilize him in space and not run him up the middle, which is not what you're supposed to do with guys built like that. But uh, I was wrong. I thought he'd be top 10. He was a uh, running back 24 and man, I just, uh, I had him a lot of places and I cried with all of you uh, who drafted DeAndre Swift. I feel like you can get at least half of a pass on Swift because how can you really apologize for a lion, you know? Yeah, that's, yeah. Yeah, you know, Tecmo team, come on. Like, yeah, you were excited for a Lions player. Can you really be like, hey, it's my bad? Like, no, it's, it's Detroit. It's just, I'm ever an optimist, right? Uh, except for apparently when it comes to the other guy I was wrong about at the running back position was James Conner. I remember being on the show uh, preseason talking about James Conner and how he was washed because he looked so terrible and he was injury prone and then what a bad year in Pittsburgh he had the last year. Uh, Then he comes out and he's running back five on the season and just completely revamps himself in Arizona. Granted, a lot of it was probably due to the fact that Chase Edmonds was hurt, so he got all those extra pieces of volume. Uh, but he did look good. He was great in the passing game more than I ever thought I saw in Pittsburgh. Um, he's still relatively young. So he got a couple of years left in him. So James Connor, I apologize. I'm sorry that I thought you were done, but, uh, do it again next year. And we can talk about how extra wrong I was, but I mean, this might can, be a one and done. Can you really say, uh, Let's look at Connor's situation for a minute there. He, he's coming off of an injury in free agency, goes to a team who made Kenyon Drake look like a star enough to earn a three-year contract worth several million dollars. I, I feel like we overlooked, I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty, but we, I feel like we overlooked the fact that the Cardinals system made a, a star out of, out of Kenyon Drake, who is firmly a backup now. So yeah. Uh, Maybe we should have seen that coming. Uh, I feel like uh, a couple of things that I should have seen coming. First of all, I need to listen to you more because uh, especially when it comes to the Falcons, because I was totally like, no, nah, there's no way Mike Davis crashes and burns and flames out that badly. Right. Like you're a starting running back in the NFL. How do you not at least see some touches, maybe short, you know, yardage touchdown somethings. Nope. First of all, uh, when you're when 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 a 30 year old Cordero Patterson it, it takes the starting job from you at, at a position that he didn't always even play, 
and uh, looks like an absolute superstar. Yeah, Cordero Patterson had a great year, but at first you were going, wow, is it is it Cordero Patterson who's really good or is it just Mike Davis who's really, really, really bad? So, yeah, anybody out there who I was like, oh, Mike Davis isn't that bad. You should draft him late if you get a chance. I'm sorry. You probably cut him and forgot that it was me who told you. Uh, so, yeah, keep on, keep on believing that. Um, a guy who I was not super high on. Okay, uh, not really. I, the guy is Austin Eckler. And before you guys come at me with your pitchforks and your, your uh, torches here, I wasn't down on Austin Eckler. I just wasn't as high as so many people are on Austin Eckler. And a couple of times throughout the season, I had an opportunity to make trades for him uh, that really did not benefit me greatly. Um, and I passed on them. And I don't know if I was right to do that necessarily because the guy is really good at the game of football. Um, my concern was just that the, the Chargers don't seem to be interested in committing to him long-term. Uh, not from last year, from this year. We'll see if they, they tack on some years on his contract or work their way out of their little, their little loophole out um, that they have in a year for when he could get cut with minimal cap penalty. But, I mean, they should. The guy looks amazing. And he was, and I was wrong, and I'm sorry. <laughs> and it's a tough one too, because he was the RB two on the year. Yeah, I know. I I've heard a, a lot of people in the preseason say that they didn't believe in uh, Derrick Henry, and don't take a victory lap because he got hurt. You were very wrong prior to that. Uh, there's always those guys who are going to get the top three contendership talk in the preseason like oh this guy's gonna be a top three whatever who you know the naysayers like myself are gonna come out and be like ah, i don't believe it i don't think so um and then you know they end up finishing rb2 on the year and you were very very wrong so right um these so one that i'm proud of uh actually none of this I, I did the sheet wrong uh, my wide receivers i was right about one guy so i'm gonna go ahead and take him off the list i misunderstood my own google sheet I was absolutely correct about uh, Chase Claypool not being great, and he was wide receiver 41, so that should have been in the victory section. I know that hurts you dramatically. but No, uh, it hurts me dramatically that he had such a down year. But, again, Carson Wentz syndrome here. I don't think that the down year was necessarily Chase Claypool as much as it was uh, Ben Roethlisberger. Well, the fact that Ben can't throw the ball more than, you know, 20 yards. Oh, he can throw it more than 20 yards, just not accurately. Right, I mean, he's you know <laughs> throwing those five hundred balls from recess, just like someone catch this, please. Yeah. Uh, the one that I am very sorry about is Terry McLaurin. Um, I had him a lot of places, and uh, if if oh, uh, Tecmo Bro Ben is listening to this, I am sorry for every week inundating your inbox with Terry McLaurin trade requests. Um, honestly, you probably should have just traded him to me because of how bad he did this year. Uh, he was wide receiver 24, which again, wide receiver two. However, you know, he was going in wide receiver one range. He was expected to be a top 12 player. Um, and obviously the, the Washington quarterback situation is not good, um, but he's found ways around that before. And I feel like this was a little bit of a regression year for Mr. McLaurin, which makes me very, very sad. And for all, all the talk about how scary Terry would be very scary to a lot of defenses. It was not the case. And I am very sorry 
So the only thing scary in Washington uh, is the condition of their guardrails. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Not a good. guy, a guy that I was super high on. I named my team after him this year. Uh, I, I drafted him ahead of where uh, most things said I should. And I thought I was hundred percent on the right. Uh, AJ Brown did not have a bad season. He was hurt for a portion of it. So that definitely impacts his overall value, but he wasn't hurt like out, out, like missed six games in a row level of injured. It was one of those, will he play? Won't he play Julio Jones type situations? Uh, I thought that AJ Brown was going to be consensus top three. I think I even said that on this show. I believe he consensus did. Consensus top three receiver. Um, and he didn't finish there. I, he still had a great year. And I, you, you look at what he has done. Um, and there's definitely validity behind why you would take him really high. His ceiling is basically non-existent in some cases. His floor, unfortunately, was where it hurt you. Uh, you drafted a guy first or second round overall, and and he ends up putting up a couple of single-digit, like not even high single digits, like low single-digit games, where not even ones where he left early with injury, just not good games. And this was a, a season without Derrick Henry. Like You can't even be like, oh, Derrick Henry got five touchdowns that game. That's why. No, no, no. I think he can bounce back. I think with uh, – um, some some good health and and some not bad luck uh, maybe he he has a better season get that play action going but man it was tough to, to have such high hopes for him and have him really do do not good um uh, dishonorable mention there i had a a question early on in this show on whether or not i believed the debo samuel hype and i believe i said i didn't believe in debo samuel if i recall correctly yes um whoops <laughs> my bad <laughs> uh not only does Debo Samuel look like uh, an amazing player like he's coming out of the backfield he's he's doing it all that guy isn't going anywhere folks like unless he uh steals Trey Lance's girlfriend or something there's no chance he's gonna stop being an amazing player uh in redraft leagues expect to be taking him within the first two rounds or you're not going to have him. He's just, yeah. he's not, he's going to be your number one wide receiver for sure. You think he's the number one receiver off the board? No, no, no. Just like he's, he's going to be some, like you're going to be drafting him as your wide receiver one within the first, you know, when the first receivers start coming off the board, you know, That's you're fair. still going to have your, Devonte Adams, you're going to have your Tyree Kill, and you're going to have Debo Samuel because I think he only goes up from here. Well, here's my question, just real quick before we go into tight ends. Uh, I wanted to get your opinion on this, and I just thought of this question, and I want to get it out of the way quickly. Uh, do you think that Cooper Cup is the number one receiver off the board next year, or do you think it was a flash in the pan year for him? I think a lot of that question uh, will be decided on where Devonte Adams plays next year uh and where Aaron Rodgers if Aaron Rodgers and Devonta Adams are both confirmed as Green Bay Packers next year I feel like there could be an argument to be made for Devonta Adams going off the board as number one but it'll be uh Cooper Cup's got to be in that conversation for sure agreed 
he was a lift. fantasy cheat code this year. Oh, and rarely ever, besides from like every once in a while, Tyreek Hill. Um, he was a consistent wide receiver cheat code. And this, like, you know, Tyreek Hill would have his big blow up games, you know, from, you know, a couple of years ago where he'd go off for 40, but then he'd have like a three or a seven point game. Like Cooper Cup was just consistently 15 plus points uh, in a PPR format. I mean, heck, if you look at his half point PPR, just game average, you know, that dude averaged 21 and a half points a game. And he had four fantasy viable games where he scored more than 35 points, yeah. one of which was in the postseason, fantasy postseason. He did not fi- have a single, single digit game. Uh, he finished over 20 points more than he finished over or under 20 points. Like he finished over 30 points <laughs> more than, than I think any other receiver this year. Like that's just wow. Yeah, that's just one of those things where when you can, for receivers specifically, when you can confidently plug a wide receiver in and get 20 points a game, that's a big deal. So I How think... How only 98% rostered? I mean... These stats have to be wrong. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but let's get into tight ends. I'm going to go ahead and apologize. Um, I was wrong about Mark Andrews. And I had him in one place. I had him in our auction league. Um, it was a, a mosquito-y like August evening and I was taking my, my playbook out of the Sam Casson's playbook. And I was just, we were drafting know. outside. I just want to point this out. He said a mosquito-y August Eve. He wasn't just like setting a very beautiful scene for everyone. Yeah, we were outside. We were drafting yeah. outside and it rained. So <laughs> yeah, it, it, we had to take a quick break from the draft, but um, the Sam Casson's school of just, you know, poker and auction league is if somebody wants somebody, you make them pay for that somebody. So, my job for the whole night was just to, you know, someone says, I want Mark Andrews for five dollars. I'd yell 15 and just, you know, let the let the bidding continue. Typically, uh, this time someone's like, Mark Andrews for five dollars, like 15 is good. And it just was 15 dollars. That was that was the, the end of it. And I got stuck with Mark Andrews. And I make that sound like such a bad thing. Um, but I really Keeping did not in mind. Want him. Uh, tight ends are not required in this league. In right. fact, uh, in this particular league, a tight end took up a flex spot. Right. So unless you had one of the consensus, like top three, top five tight ends, you probably weren't starting any. Exactly. So getting one on your team was almost a, a detriment, uh, especially like when Andy was thinking that he wasn't going to be. Yeah. I, I thought I wasn't going to end up with him. Um, and this is like, this is also after the injuries to the running back. So I knew they'd probably have to pass more, but my faith in Lamar Jackson's passing ability is not great. So I have Mark Andrews and I was feverishly trying to offload him in the preseason. Then he had a couple okay games where he had maybe like 12 to 15 points. And I'm like, Oh, I can probably offload him now. Someone's going to want him. Um, and I could not get rid of him. And then all of a sudden Mark Andrews became Mandrews, the beast man. And just was scoring 20 plus points every game. And all of a sudden I found myself with the tight end one. I essentially had the Travis Kelsey cheat code of a player in my flex spot. And he deserves some respect. And Mark Andrews, you're I love you. Like you you helped me get to the playoffs in the in a league that I care about. And that makes that makes you a very great person. I'm sorry that I doubted your abilities. Um, so I'm sorry. I, I, uh, Mandrews is, is my now, like we don't do a lot of dynasty content on this show, 
but Mark Andrews is my dynasty tight end one right now. And I will fight people who say otherwise. So I want to point out two things. Number one, uh, this is a guy in Andy who had managers on his team and is still apologizing. <laughs> yeah, I drafted him, but I didn't really want him. I didn't. Uh, and and you were pretty adamant about that. You were trying to trade him for a while up until all of a sudden he just, he never looked back. He, he took over. And um, I also want to point out too, uh, that the trade that was offered to me that I talked about with, with uh, Eckler, uh, that everyone was probably screaming like, how did you not take that trade? Uh, and it would have involved me giving up both Mandrews and Alvin Kamara. So you can shut up. Uh, my, shut up. <laughs> my tight ends. Uh, I had on here uh, Bob Tanyan, but again, you got injured for the whole season. Like I, I wasn't wrong when I, like I, I didn't draft him going 10 bucks says he doesn't tear an ACL. Like, it was you can't really talk about that so i had to change my mind here uh, i went with dalton schultz because i remembered something uh i picked up dalton schultz off of waivers uh when the bob tanyan thing happened um and then i dropped him <laughs> and then I, the crying commenced uh yeah i dropped him after his i think uh two point game in atlanta and the guy who finished second in the league picked him up because he just went – he continued to do Dolan Schultz things. I don't know what I was thinking. I, The guy looks great. You actually were talking about uh, the tight end position in Dallas for the last couple of years. You were really high on Blake Jarwin. Well, it uh, turns out that this is one of those situations where um, I was right about the position, but I was wrong about the player. Well, so we've had this got- before. But you got Brady though, because Jarwin got hurt. Schultz came in and took over the job, and then they never looked back. Exactly. So you can't. I mean, again, you can't predict injuries. The position was was vacant, and the guy who took over just needed to perform to the level that that position should perform. Tight end in Dallas is, <clears throat> you know, hand in hand. That's a that's a beautiful pairing. Name a better pair. I'll wait. Um, but no, I, I was very wrong to do that. He finished tight end four on the year. Mm-hmm. And I, I think I still have a bruise on my head for where I was banging in against the wall. Yeah. So that's, uh, those are our apologies. And, and believe you me, Tecmo team, we felt the pain right along with you. And here's the next year where we have a lot less missteps and a lot more victories to cheer on. But um, now we want to go to something a bit more optimistic. We want to talk about players that, you know, had a lot of potential this year that we think will be rock stars in 2022. We call this stud finder because it's a fun, fun little play on words and, and we found it. So we have a couple people at each position. So we'll kind of go through it. Um, it might be a little quicker than average because these are guys who, Again, show some flashes here in, in 2021, but hopefully we'll be even better in 2022. Uh, Sam, why don't you kick it off with your QB? It, it takes a lot of guts to do the guys we expect to be studs right after the guys we were sorry about doubting or <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, the stones on these guys. Um, so my QB for next year, who I think is going to be a stud. Now, I don't know necessarily – 
that he's going to have a breakout year right away in 2022. So uh, temper expectations on that. He may have kind of a, a middle of the road year, but I see a level of talent in Justin Fields for Chicago that I haven't seen out of a, a rookie quarterback in a while, especially a rookie quarterback in a bad situation. Chicago's got some weapons, but like, yeah, can give a, a dude on the street a pair of nunchucks. Doesn't mean he's going to be able to use them. Uh, and that's what's been happening in Chicago. They they find this diamond in the rough and, and uh, Darnell Mooney, and they've got uh, David Montgomery. They keep drafting and, and signing running backs. You've got Montgomery right there. Yeah. Uh, uh, just the, the defense was always the focus of that team. And I think people are going to be a little surprised, especially people uh, in Wisconsin are going to be surprised at the bears. If suddenly my prediction comes true here and Justin Fields starts playing like a rock star. And I got to say, I got to say though, the thing that'll make me the most happy about this, because as a Packer fan, I would be annoyed if the bears keep beating the Packers, but at least I'll be able to do like this weird misery loves company victory lap around the Vikings for being like, and that's what a star quarterback looks like. You want to keep playing with a game manager. Fine. But Justin Fields is no game manager. That guy is going to be the next Pat Mahomes. Give oh. it some. Give it some time. He. This isn't necessarily a boom, and he's here. Twenty twenty two is his year. But I expect this dude to be a franchise level quarterback. Uh, and and with time, he will become a stud. Chicago. You got to do right by him. You've got a GM and a quarter and a, a coach to to bring in here. Do it right. You've got the pieces. Bring I, in the right coaches. They could, with the right coach, I think they could they could possibly even be a wild card team. Like the talent is there. Right away, yes. Out of the gates, I just I look at uh, a lot of teams are a solid player, like a quarterback, away from being a consistently year after year fantasy, uh, not a fancy um, playoff contender. And the bears not too long ago with Mitch Trubisky were winning the NFC North. Like, and that was with Mitch Trubisky. So Justin Fields, I think massive upgrade, massive ceiling. Um, give this kid the opportunity to grow, make sure his O-line is there. Uh, everything else will fall into place. Get him a, a another, you know, weapon or two in the the passing game, and watch what he can do. Just saying, just saying. Love it. Uh, I'm gonna take a bit of a, a cheat here, and I'm gonna pick Mac Jones as a future stud finder. Obviously, he's in the playoffs this year, so great job to Mac Jones. Um, but I think he will get better. Uh, obviously, he's in a great situation on New England. Great running game. Um, I think it took a while for him and his pass catching options to really like meld together successfully. Um, but Kendrick Bourne is great. Uh, Hunter eh. Henry is, you know, fantastic. Eh. Uh, again, I'm not talking fantasy assets here. Like obviously you don't want any of the New England pass catchers cause they don't, they spread it around pretty well, but Mac Jones is going to be something pretty good. I think he'll definitely be in the probably top 15 next year. Wouldn't surprise me. I could see it. I don't think that he has decent weapons. People say, is it, is it Belichick? Is it the system? Sure. Probably. But uh, who are his wide receivers? Nelson Aguilar, uh, Nikhil Harry, 
Jacoby Myers and Kendrick Bourne. Heck yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah. And Hunter Henry. Okay. Yeah. Hunter Henry was good, but like, yeah, I think Hunter Henry needed the right system to be good. And, and from fantasy perspective, he was, I don't think he was outstanding on that team. I think that Mac Jones, uh, this is a great example. I think you're 100% right. He has an opportunity to be a fantasy stud, but there's a team in New England who played to a quarterback's strengths for Mac Jones and how he's a pocket passer versus Jacksonville, who just left Lawrence out there to die. And we, we saw what happened. Mac Jones I, only has up to go from here. That was a a, a good rookie season. No, I don't agree at all with you. I think those weapons were dogs. I think that uh, with some real receivers, watch out the Mac attack. Well, we'll see who they pick up in free agency, if anybody. Uh, hey, it's the Pats. You know, they, it's the Pats. <laughs> the gift of Bill Belichick coming in to the stadium isn't a gift for nothing. Yeah, Allen <laughs> Robinson's out there. Go, go grab Allen Robinson and try to make him relevant again. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of Jags, though. Um, Unfortunately, Travis Etienne was lost uh, prior to the season starting. Uh, early round draft pick for them, uh, expected to be a big part of their offense. Uh, Liz Frank injury really sucks. I don't know if he'll be 100% ready to go by 2022's season start. Those are really iffy injuries. It's ended a lot of careers for a lot of other running backs. But if he's healthy, big if, uh, big if duval size if uh he's ready to go i think there's the the possibility for a fantasy stud in travis etn uh for one reason only and that's because how many andy do you recall i don't know how many jacksonville jaguars games you watched uh i actively tried to avoid them i i missed most of them because i watched red zone and i never really saw them scoring uh (laughs) But a big problem when you when you watch the the highlights of all of uh, Trevor Lawrence's interceptions, you never really saw him throwing passes to the flat, throwing to the checkdowns. I don't even think he had checkdowns most of the year. Um, that has to change. Whoever comes in to coach that team is going to take one look at that playbook and go, "Wait, nobody's running a route within five yards of the line of scrimmage." Like. You don't have to run, go deep every down. Um, and I, I think that if uh, in passing situations, that team's not going to improve in one off season. The defense is still going to be bad. They're going to still need to throw. I just think they're going to put more of an emphasis on protecting Trevor Lawrence, making sure he's not turning over the ball, getting him confidence. And a lot of that really hinges on the check down, letting the running back uh, get the ball, make guys miss, get in space. And I don't see that being James Robinson. I see that being Travis Etienne. I like it. And I, I'm also very high on him still. Um, he's had a full year to get back from this. If Cam Akers can make it back from a torn Achilles in a short amount of time, I'd love to see what Travis Etienne can do with a full year of recovery. I mean, these guys are athletic freaks. I, I don't know if you heard, uh, Whitney Merciless has been spotted at practice for the Packers after a, a torn bicep on November 14th. Jeez. That's a unbelievable these guys they, they they want it but uh whoa wait speaking of packers yeah i got uh, a little bit of a cheat one because aj Dillon is a running back that i have to give me a stud next year uh i think he was a stud this year um 
just Aaron Jones obviously is going to take some of those carries away from him. But AJ Dillon is just a beast of a man. And I would love, love, love for AJ Dillon to just be RB1 on the Packers. So he's my little bit of a cheat, but I am going to go with Michael Carter from the Jets. And I know that picking a Jet and putting him on the stud finder, it's kind of an oxymoron because Jets are bad. But they seem committed to featuring him. Uh, he finished the year at RB30. Uh, which isn't bad considering he missed a couple games. Uh, being involved in all facets, Michael Carter is going to be something big. So keep an eye out for Michael Carter, and I think you'll be happy if you take him next year. I'm going to ask you a question that you asked me a couple weeks ago. Um, do you think in 2022, A.J. Dillon becomes RB1 for Green Bay? Without there being a Brady situation, without uh, Aaron Jones getting hurt, do you feel A.J. Dillon takes over still as RB1? I mean, I can see a world where it happens. Um, keep in mind that, like, I'm not saying he's old. Uh, this is not a stretch of me saying that, but Aaron Jones is going to be 28, I believe. And he's great. He's got a spot. But, I mean, he is a smaller, shiftier back, which – looking, you know, that picture of him and, and AJ Dillon in the same spot, uh, stand next to each other. And AJ Dillon is about twice the size. AJ Dillon's just a, a big bruising, beefy Derrick Henry type runner. So, um, I could see them having more of a 60 40 situation where AJ gets more carries and maybe Aaron Jones is more involved in the passing work. I mean, but AJ Dillon's shown extremely capable hands in the, in the receiving game. So, I mean, looking at it now, just the way it's been, if AJ Dillon stays healthy and Aaron Jones keeps kind of having these like knee ankle leg issues. I could see AJ Dillon being the guy in green Bay. Hmm. So from pivoting off of who's going to be RB one to who's going to be wide receiver two for a lot of teams. I I based my next couple of stud finders off of guys that I think are moving up the depth chart. Um. And I've got a few kind of uh, lightning round wide receivers because there's so many, I mean, there's so many young wide receivers we could talk about. Like we could be here all day doing that. So I'm going to give you a couple that I think are going to move up uh, the depth chart and potentially be breakout players. I want to see, see what you think. Uh, The number one I got on there is uh, Josh Palmer of the chargers. Um, Mike Williams is a free agent this year and he's going to be, he's going to be in for a big payday. And there's a lot of teams without a wide receiver one who could use Mike Williams on their roster. I think uh, look for Josh Palmer to take over that wide receiver two spot behind Keaton Allen. Uh, same goes for uh, Rondale Moore of uh, Arizona. Um, Christian Kirk and AJ Green, both are going to be free agents. I could see one of those guys coming back, probably like Christian Kirk, but maybe not if they feel like Rondale Moore can be the same guy, maybe moves up the depth chart. Keep an eye out. He was uh, doing stuff. Uh, same thing with uh, Rashad Bateman. Um, he missed a lot of this year from injuries and, uh, Lamar Jackson started to show that he could pass the ball really well, uh, this year with really making Hollywood Brown, very fantasy viable. I think that Rashad Bateman can kind of, uh, benefit from a lot of that, uh, passing prowess, uh, forcing Lamar to stay in the box. And, uh, if he's healthy and really who else is behind him, I think Rashad Bateman is a guy to keep an eye out for, for potential stud next year. So I'll give you my thoughts on him. It'll be pretty quick. Uh, Josh Palmer, love it. I think he's going to be huge. Um, I have a charger in my tight end section that we'll talk about. So I think the Chargers' future is bright. Uh, Rondell Moore, 
I see the potential. I'm not sure if he'll be the two. Um, AJ Green, I think, is effectively done. Um, unless somebody wants to give him like one more place in a retirement tour, but um, Christian Kirk might come back. But I do agree that they drafted Rondell more, knowing that their receiver situation is going to be a bit dire after this situation or after this season. And then Rashad Bateman, I love Rashad Bateman. I'm a big fan of his talent. I'm not a big fan of his situation. So he's sitting behind Hollywood Brown and he's sitting behind Mark Andrews. And then J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards both come back. So he might be like offense option number four on the team just so he might the volume might not be there for me um so uh, we'll see but i i want to be very clear i love rashad bateman i think he's very talented i just the situation makes me a little iffy on him well let me say this then uh in, in regards to rashad bateman i think that uh if rashad bateman can have a a good off season with the team with lamar jackson because he is crisper with route running, uh, in my opinion, than Hollywood Brown, just from the eye test that others may disagree with me, but I see Hollywood Brown is largely being a speedy slant and go kind of guy. Rashad Bateman is able to do a bit of uh, a bit of all of it, more of it over the middle of the field. Yeah, his uh, route tree is bigger. And because of that, if he eats into anybody's uh, you know, market share, it's probably going to be Mandrews, I think that uh, overall Rashad Bateman could overtake Hollywood Brown as the fantasy number one receiver on uh, Baltimore, just from volume standpoint, benefiting him as a better route runner and a more efficiently open target. Hollywood Brown has the, has the speed, but he's never had the hands and he's never had that quick cut ability to be able to go with it. And that's been his big detractor for a lot of uh, uh fantasy eyeballs out there he he doesn't seem to take advantage of the speed the way Tyreek Hill does if Rashad Bateman could be that guy I think he could easily easily slot in as the best uh wide receiver option in Baltimore now that argument I will agree with yeah that's my bold take on it I dig it so one guy that I've mentioned already uh my stud finder for next year is Darnell Mooney Darnell Going to make some Mooney moves. Uh, Darnell Mooney's just, he proved that he's hes a volume guy too. He's not just the go guy. I think he finished the year with like a 12 catch for a 140-yard game. So he's hes the guy, granted. Uh, the Bears will most likely add some type of wide receiver in the offseason. Um, but I don't think it's going to affect Darnell Mooney and his volume too much. I think that obviously Allen Robinson's done. You know, Demir Bird is the gadget guy, Jakeem Grant, gadget guy, you know, it's going to be wide receiver one, whomever, and Darnell Mooney's there too. Uh, Darnell Mooney might be the wide receiver one because let's say Mike Williams, Sam brought him up, signs with the Bears. Do you think Mike uh, Mike Williams is going to be the number one receiver? I think Darnell Mooney's just, you know, better for the Bears scheme, me personally. Um, but he'll be good. He'll be good. Keep him on the radar. Uh, I got Van Jefferson from the Rams. I don't think OBJ resigns. And Robert Woods coming back from an ACL tear. We'll see how he handles that being a little older at 32, I believe he is. Um, They drafted Van Jefferson. They like him. He's been productive this year, even with OBJ, Robert Woods, and Cooper Cup doing their thing. So I like him. Stafford seems to like him. He's kind of their de facto go route runner. So he's always good for a possible 60-yard bomb. And then I did take a little bit of an out because he had a great end of the year, but Amon Ross St. Brown, the sun god, 
Uh, I think the production continues next year. It's not just the amount of targets, right? They are doing everything they can to put the ball in his hands. He's taking stuff out of the backfield, you know, screen passes, little just even handoffs in the backfield. So they want the ball in his hands. He's getting close to, you know, 20 opportunities with the ball every week. So, yes, I know Hawkinson's out. Yes, I know they don't really have a number one receiver, but that could be Sun God, could be Amon Ra. So I think he's going to be someone worth keeping an eye on. And I know that the Twitterverse is all freaking out that Amon Ra is a big sell in the Dynasty situation. But just as a, as a PSA for all you Tecmo team members in Dynasty leagues, you don't have to sell your good players. You're allowed to keep them. So keep Amon Ra. He's going to be good. Sam, what do you think? You have sun and moon on your stud finder list. I do. Uh, and a dude living in a van down by the... So I've been a big proponent for Van the Man Jefferson. Um, I'm going to quick throw out something on him first because I was looking something up while you were talking. Um, speaking of Robert Woods, did you know that there is a potential out built into his contract this year? I did not know that. 2022, in his second year with the team, they can cut him and have the minimal amount of dead cap space. If they keep him through the 2022 season, when he's 30, coming off of an ACL tear, they will essentially eat close to 15 mil in cap uh, hits, depending on when they cut him. Uh, And as the time goes on, that will only increase. So the longer they keep him, the more dead cap space they're eating. Um, It would do him kind of dirty to cut him after coming back from an ACL injury, especially with how good he's been for the team. But if it happens, NFL is a business. Uh, Van the Man Jefferson whew, was building some rapport with Stafford. Uh, I think his stonks go way up if that happens. Uh, Sun God's stonks are already uh, to the Mooney. Um, he looked good with Jared Goff, people. What more do you want? Yeah, give that man a quarterback. Give that man just a competent anything you don't even need a quarterback at this point jared goff can can be serviceable yeah, like the are you going hands. are you going to triple cover amon ross st brown no no who, who are you going to triple cover a lion for that matter but like <laughs> uh if you've got tj hawkinson you've got uh deandre swift and you got amon ross st brown that's a which guy do you want to have beat you? That's really the question. And I think I'm Rossi and Brown is never the guy that you're going to be like, yeah, we're going to get safety help on him every single play against the Packers. Uh, even in the first half, when they were still playing their starters, uh, I'm Rossi and Brown was getting open to the point of like, I kind of wish, you know, we have a St. Brown on the Packers. We have Economius. And I'm like, guys, your brothers work out together in the off season, please. Right. Uh, <laughs> Amon Ra looks so good. Uh, and then Darnell Mooney, <clears throat> I'm going to, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Uh, barring any crazy big, like free agency signings that they have to list them as the wide receiver one, just for ego's sake, IE like an OBJ. Like a Chris Godwin. Or like a Chris Godwin. Uh, do you think that Darnell Mooney is the wide receiver one on the depth chart for Chicago next year? Absolutely. Just him and Justin Fields seem like they have a good rapport together. Um, they already mentioned that at the end of the year, they're going to start working out together uh, starting in like February. So like clearly him and Justin Fields want to get on the same page. 
which is just beneficial because obviously the quarterback throws the ball to the guy he's the most comfortable with. Look at Matt Stafford and Cooper Cup having their breakfast club. Like they're going to throw the ball to the guy they like the most. I feel like uh, if, if the Bears go out and pick up anybody in free agency, they could do a lot worse than one to two to even three guys who are veteran players with good hands and good route running that can just give more space for fields to make his throws, get confidence, get his timing going. Um, I would love to see like in a couple, a couple of years ago, Sammy Watkins, like that was what everyone was saying about him. Like, yeah, Sammy Watkins is just that kind of, you know, good hands guy who can make a, a quarterback feel comfortable. Um, and Oh, look at that. He's a free agent this year. Uh, <laughs> right. There's a, there's a lot of guys out there who I think, you know, AJ green, if I could see the bears, if AJ green is playing again next year, I could see the bears tossing some money at him just to be like, Hey man, uh, don't drop any balls. That's, that's your one job, you know, green fields, don't drop any balls. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I think that Darnell Mooney is going to be the biggest benefit of that. Cause the guy looks, he looks like he has wide receiver one level skills. I, I, like where you're going with that yep um tight ends yes is a tough position to predict who's going to be a stud because not a lot of teams like to commit to tight ends i was looking at contracts all over the nfl and without picking like some low-hanging fruit uh it was really hard to be like yeah this guy's a dark horse for being a stud um, did I just go John Madden? I think I just, I, I just did a John, we love Madden. You John Madden. Um, rest in peace, mother, my man. Um, I went with two player, well, one player and one concept of a player. The position at tight end for the Cardinals is largely vacant. Uh, currently under contract into next year is just David Wells on the practice squad. Uh, the rest of their team at tight end, Zach Ertz, Max Williams, uh, Daryl Daniels, and Demetrius Harris are all going to be free agents. All of them are going to be at least 28 years old. Who do you commit to? Who's going to be the guy in Arizona? Or are you going to draft somebody and expect them to perform? Are you going to try to find somebody? Whoever fills the void in Arizona at tight end I expect to be able to perform at stud levels, even if that's Zach Ertz. I know I was talking about him earlier, and I'm like, oh, Zach Ertz is going to have a good year. If Zach Ertz comes back for one more year with Arizona, I'm probably going to be drafting him in a handful of my leagues because the volume, the potential is just, it has to be there. There's nobody else there, and you have a great quarterback in Kyler Murray. That being said, though, if I had to pick a specific player who I think may be a target, especially in dynasty leagues. Um, so Aaron growth, if you're listening, uh, Brevin Jordan, not Jordan Brevin. I got his name wrong. Like all last week, Brevin <laughs> Jordan of the Houston Texans. He's six foot three, 245 pounds, and he's 21 years old. Uh, the Texans obviously were a bit of a dumpster fire this year, a little bit less of a dumpster fire than they should have been. Uh, but with, uh, Mills coming in as a rookie and actually looking not Houston Texans, like looking competent at the game of football, I'm being really harsh on the Texans. They weren't ever this bad. 
they just they have had a lot of controversy because they made a lot of really bad like back office managerial decisions and then there was the whole Deshaun Watson debacle uh but in truth I think they're on the come up um they're bringing back Rex Burkhead because he's a good veteran presence in the running back room I expect them to make a move for a a compliment to him to kind of be the actual RB1 um as for tight end though uh brevin jordan towards the end of the year started seeing more of a snap share was getting into the to the end zone and again that's another team that uh who do the texans have for their tight ends who's the big who's the big tight end in in the texans jordan akins chirp chirp free free agent he's not coming he might not come back if he comes back that what like you're wasting money throwing money into the dumpster i think because you've got uh a guy who you're paying rookie salary to who could be a stud um yeah there paul questenberry i just want to bring his name up because it's fun to say uh he's a tight end that's going to be on their uh roster next year that's funny. Uh, but he's 30 years old and his name's questenberry i hope that he's good but <laughs> uh brevin jordan 21 years old potential stud i'm calling it here uh expect the unexpected Houston Texans tight end um, stud finder. Let's do it. Brevin Jordan. I love it. Enough so said. I've got two names uh, on my tight end stud finder. Uh, one I've already mentioned on the show before. Uh, he was in my dynasty deep cuts uh, about a month ago. Uh, Donald Parham uh, of the Los Angeles chargers. Uh, Sam informed me he's going to be a restricted free agent at the end of this year, but dude's 24. He was exclusive playing, rights free agent yeah, so he's, he was, he's most likely coming back yeah and he was playing a fair amount of snaps obviously before his injury happened but um not to speak like the injury doesn't matter but you know if you notice when it happened it was an end zone red zone target so they clearly trust him in the touchdown red zone area so donald parham jared cook's not coming back i don't think um he's, he's gonna be 35 36 yeah no and, and donald parham seems like he's got a good situation happening and if if they bring him back he's going to be the guy so i think donald parham if you find him on your dynasty rosters or on your waivers go pick him up take a stab at him i think it'll be fun uh, but the one that i want to talk about most is david ninjoku tight end currently for the browns Ooh. here's the thing about david ninjoku dude's super talented dude's an athletic freak i think he's like 25 i have it in front of me but I'll find it. Give me a second. Yeah. He's going to be a free agent at the end of the year and they've got Austin Hooper. They got Harrison Bryant that they like a lot. I know the Browns say they love David Njoku because he's had a couple of big plays here and there, but they're not going to roster three like tight ends that are going to play. So if it, he's going to go somewhere and he's going to like Sam mentioned the Cardinal situation, could you imagine David Njoku as a Cardinal getting targets Ooh. from Kyler Murray? That could be fun. That could be productive. That could be a great, player to have on your team david so, njoku is 25 and a half years old uh is an unrestricted free agent uh the browns have austin hooper uh still under contract and they have harrison bryant who let's be fair uh is going to cost them less money and look looked like a pretty solid player i don't see why they would hang on to njoku yeah and there's a bunch of tight end needy teams heck if the chargers don't bring back donald parham for some reason could you imagine David and Joku catching passes from Justin Herbert? Well, that could what be about fun Trey too. McKitty? 
What about, can't Trey, McKitty. about Trey McKitty? <laughs> I don't know. I saw his name on the, the roster for the Chargers at tight end, and I'm like, I don't know who this guy is, but I like his name. Yeah, so that's uh, – I think those two names at tight end could be something fantastic. Uh, again, 2022 offseason is going to be something to make sure you keep your eye on because there's going to be a lot of people moving around. And actually, we had this set for today, but we've already gone a little bit over time, so I, I would – want to ask Sam to come back sometime in the next month or so to talk about the impending 2022 quarterback carousel. If you'd be so kind, Sam, what do you say? Uh, I say tune in to the next episode of Dragon Ball Z. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, Tecmo bros. Uh, Cause we're going to be talking about where we think quarterbacks are going to go, who might move on from their current quarterback situation. Uh, who's most likely to draft quarterbacks in the upcoming 2022 uh nfl draft and what that'll mean for your favorite players and draft targets heck yeah and we'll even give you a little bit of bonus next time we'll talk about some other positional free agents that we think could be fun on other teams before the free agent period hits so sam i want to give you a shout out thanks for coming on the show you got anything you want to say to the tecmo team out there uh i just want to say um tecmo team i've made a lot of bad calls over the years you it, Long-time listeners will know this. Um, that's why I don't do this full-time anymore, because I, I get embarrassed. I apologize for not believing in guys like Debo Samuel and Austin Eckler. But, hey, tune in, because, you know, I was right about a couple of uh, deep dives in, like, Elijah Mitchell and Pat Fryermuth. You know, you might get a gem here once in a while. Come on back. There's going to be more awesome Tecmo team stuff to talk about. Exactly. Not everyone's right 100% of the time. So that's going to do it for us. Uh, hit us up at Twitter, uh, at Tecmo Bros. We dropped the FF. We just got the at Tecmo Bros now if you want to interact with us on Twitter. But we'll be back next month talking about the crazy 2022 free agent pool along with a little bit of draft content. Uh, once again, Sam, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thanks We're going to have you me. back soon. And we'll catch you guys next season.